broadcasting from across the North American continent of the Terran Empire, bringing you our unpopular Star Trek opinions since 2020. This is Code 47. Oh my gosh, we're back for a very special episode. No, Punky Brewster's not in it. Nobody's having their period. Uh, Of the Code 47 podcast, this is actually episode, you guessed it, 47 of our wonderful show that's been going for nearly a year now we're about a, a month shy of 12 months so it's 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 very exciting so, so charlie uh, does that make us an easter egg um are we in fact an easter egg have we joined the 47 easter eggs yes we have you know we're, we were going to put a list together guys we didn't do it shame on us i have a Maybe question you... yes didn't, it was blossom that had her period did punky brewster have it too I always thought that it was Punky Brewster, but at any no. rate, at, at least was... we're not going to the bike shop, okay? At least we're not going to the bike shop, guys. Oh yes, oh that's okay. So very good. So anyway, uh, I am Charlie Carden, your Trek Lord of Western Michigan, Captain of the USS Grand Petoskey, a chapter of Starfleet International, the International Fan Club. Joined as always by Raren, Rich, and Aaron, my co-hosts on this wonderful journey into Trekkery. Guys, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Well, all right. I'm n- nice and relaxed. Um, I was at the beach this morning for like five right. hours, so that was nice. I like it. Rich is uh, Rich has turned into a kind of pastel colored blob with the letter R. Uh, <laughs> so this has to do with the fact that he is a bit under the weather, but is such a trooper that he is uh, still here with us. I don't want you guys to see me um, wiping my nose every three seconds. And oh, he does God. not. He confirmed he does not have COVID. That he did correct. get a COVID test. Yeah. Um, everything's fine. He just has a mild cold. So that's good. But I hope you feel better because I miss your face. Oh, thanks. Indeed. Your face is indeed missed. But uh, without further ado, let us dance into the thing that we are here to talk about. Uh, we Every week we bring you a couple of different things. First segment being talking about a, a Trek program that's on the airwaves. And then we have a great segment called Infinite Diversity where we talk about a Star Trek program uh, from the past that had some uh, pretty awesome cultural significance. And then we jump into a little bit of news and then we uh, we kind of move on down the road then. Uh, so at any rate, uh, the uh, the new segment of the uh, a new program that we have was episode three of season two of Lower Decks, the animated program uh, that Erin had to suffer her way through after falling asleep. Uh, you, you did watch it again, right? I did, and I didn't fall okay. asleep this time. And I, and Chris can confirm this, I laughed a mild chuckle when i saw the cat in the box (laughs) that was terrific um yeah so this was this was uh for me uh they bounced back i think they absolutely did uh did kind of what what they needed to do but anyway let's let's give it a short recap um, so yeah, we had, uh, we had some fun stuff. We had kind of the ABC story going on, uh, and this was the A, A story beast. No, we did have an ABC story cause we had, uh, Mariner and Tendi going on a mission together, uh, to, to get an item for the cat doctor, you know, the cat who loves nachos, uh, the, the, the chief medical officer. Uh, we also had, this was Boimler's first episode back. Uh, and he was dealing with struggles of being a part of the crew again and, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, have doors and stuff open for him. He couldn't order lunch, blah, 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 which was kind of silly. And then we had the C story with, um, I'm going to forget the name of the engineer character, the robot dude. Robot dude. Yeah, who who is the who's the dude? Please, Rich, help me. Rutherford, Rutherford, going through uh, uh, trying to you know dealing with death and figuring out that the <laughs> the, uh, the the Bajoran dude who sacrificed himself at the end of last season Shax. was some yeah Shaxx was some somehow alive. So um, <laughs> I I loved this episode. I thought they I and I did I I try to watch these a second time just so I'm kind of prepared. Um, you know, this again. is but, kind yeah. of interesting because. The reviews of this are all that it's bad and it's worse than the first two episodes, but I actually thought it was better than yeah. the first two. And so do you. And, and yeah. Rich, how do you feel about it? I thought it was decent. Um, I'm kind of checking out on this, though. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it's just not holding my interest. I think, it, like I said last week, it's just too much Family Guy stuff. 
going on. Yeah, it definitely is. And and I didn't say it was good by any means, because I still don't like it. Like like he said, I fell asleep and then had to do it all over again. (laughs) But um, I liked it better than the first two. Um, I I hated Tom Paris's cameo. Yeah. Yeah. That was Um, I I also hated it. Um, I'm tired so, of these cameos. Yeah. Is that all they have? It's that, that's well, Family Guy. That's what Family Guy does. It's that, that that is very true. Um, and again, I um, Family Guy and Space Guys. That's what it is. I, I have a nit to pick. Uh, it's been five years, four or five years at this point that Voyager has returned from the uh, Delta Quadrant. Not one promotion for Tom Paris. He's still a lieutenant. That sucks. That's your takeaway that of this. Like. That's my. T- <laughs> that, that that is my hardcore. You know, it's funny. The source that I have is Den of Geek. Yeah. And that is my Den of Geek takeaway. I'm such a geek that <laughs> I'm like, well, Tom Paris should because in the relaunch novels, which are not canon, uh, he was he was promoted to lieutenant commander and eventually became first officer of Voyager. So blah blah blah. But um, yeah, that annoyed me. The, the plate thing was funny. Uh, I just, but again, we knew about that. And of course now there's actually a plate out there. So, but yeah, I get the plate now and I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't make me like that. I still think it's dumb. The plate thing reminded me of you, Charlie. It made me think of you. It did. (laughs) Yeah, it really did. I don't, I don't own any plates, so I don't really know why. I'm sure that there are plates in your home. Yeah. (laughs) What do you eat Um, off of Charlie? Come on. Of the, uh, 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 oh, you got me there. Okay. I do eat off of plates. Damn it. (laughs) Damn it. So, so I, because I felt like I was checking out of this, I started having my son take notes. He's not okay, here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not Please. here, but I can read you some of his notes. Uh, he yeah, only has let's, a few. let's hear the child perspective like okay. we did last week with so, Lexi. So from the child yes, perspective, he thought it was a good episode. And I, the only other thing that I could get out of him was that his favorite part was a part that you guys already talked about was the cat playing in the box. I know. I know. The cat playing that, in the box. That one did make me laugh. I did think that was funny. Well, that I am glad to hear. So yeah. you laughed, but not belly laughed. Right, you just laughed a little bit, like ah ha ha. Yeah, it was like yeah. oh and, ha ha, cat and, doing silly yeah. thing. And and Aaron and I are cat people, like to be. Oh my god! So cat stuff will like always be like, oh, it's cat stuff. They got us. They got. <laughs> I know. Us. I mean, Char- for, Charlie, for right and I, or for wrong. Charlie and I send each other cute cat videos and pictures of our cats all the time. <laughs> We don't really subject Rich to that much because I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate it. But Thank so you. yeah, we're definitely cat people. So the cat thing, way to go. I always say if I'm in a bad mood, show me a picture of some kittens in a basket <laughs> like that. I'm fine. I, I definitely don't come out of a bad mood by kittens in a basket, but mm, I appreciate that there are people that do. It's my weakness. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious me. So, um, any final thoughts about the episode? Eh, no. The the other thing that I did like was the bit with Rutherford and Stax when he's when I, I don't know if it was Rutherford that said you died. How did you come back? And it like freaked him out. I, I don't know if that was Rutherford that said that, but that part that part made me laugh. Like, oh, you're not supposed to tell him that he's dead. He doesn't even know he was dead or something. Maybe you know. Oh, it's a total sixth sense moment. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Was kind of okay. So so yeah. So that that's a relatively short part of our uh, of our episode this week. There's not as much uh, to we, talk about with this. It's all Family Guy type, you know, references I know. to other crap. Right. And you know what? Maybe when we get Star Trek Prodigy, which I am fairly certain that we're going to hear about that uh, on Star Trek Day, we will be doing the the episode after Star Trek Day, which is going to be September 8th. We're going to be doing a full length episode, or at least we may even we may even have to knock other things off so that we can talk about it, depending on how much news there is. But Just call I it have a special a ver- episode. Yes, I have a very strong feeling uh, that we're going to get a, a drop date for that show and also for Strange New Worlds. That's the buzz. And a trailer, that's the buzz. So Strange New Worlds anyway, is going to be one that's going to have lots to talk about. Plus, it's got Aaron's oh, baby yeah. daddy on it. Oh, right. Exactly. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah. So, look forward to that. A, I think three or four episodes from now we'll be doing that one. So, I'll have to check the schedule since I'm the only one who adheres to the, to the schedule. So, at any rate, uh, for segment two, I'm actually going to kick this over to Erin. This was her episode. Uh, or And actually, it's a two-parter. So, this is the first two-parter that I think we're doing uh, for this. Um, uh, this would be season six, episodes, I think, 10 and 11 uh, of Star Trek The Next Generation, The Chain of command so aaron it's your show so what i'm actually going to do is i'm going to read the description of part one and two 
And then I'm going to ask you guys some questions because everybody knows that I have very, very strong opinions on things. And you guys know what my take on this is, but I want to know what yours is. Um, so I'm going to kind of take it and then give it back. Um, so this was Chain of Command, part one and part two. Uh, part one, it says Picard Worf and Dr. Crusher are reassigned from the Enterprise to a secret mission. Meanwhile, the Enterprise is under the command of Captain Edward Jelly Roll, who immediately <laughs> starts making changes, much to the dismay of the crew. And then part two, um, which is, I think, what we'll talk about the most, is Captain Picard's secret mission fails, leading him to being captured by the Cardassians. As he is tortured by his captors, Captain Jelly Roll and the Enterprise attempt to prevent war with the Cardassian Union. So, Charlie... Um, when you were watching this, what kind of, um, what kind of, how do you feel that this relates to our lives and not necessarily ours specifically, but what goes on in the United States? What did you um, kind of compare it to? I'm going to have you come back to me. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't wound up for a big answer. So um, okay. I, I do have thoughts, but I might need some time to get it running. So okay. oh, um, put on the spot. <laughs> sorry. Um, Rich, what do, what do you think? It made me think of Guantanamo Bay and uh, the stuff that, that was going on there. The, thing that's, the things that still go on there, as far as I know, um, the torture and, the, and that sort of thing. And the detention of people that aren't being charged with anything. They're just being detained. Um, how would you compare the torture that you've heard about that happens in Guantanamo Bay to this? Like waterboarding and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The waterboarding. I mean, I really likened that to... The four lights. To be, the mm -hmm, four lights. Yeah. Because it's not torturing somebody where you're cutting them right. and you're ripping out their fingernails or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But it, it feels like the same type of psychological torture to me. Um, and, and I just wanted to know, um, you know, do you, do you think that that's dead on or? I think it is. I think this is the, the thing that's terrifying about this is this is a much more, I think, long lasting effect. I was reading one of the articles that you uh, gave us and it said it said something about how um, the effects not only on the victim, but also on the torturer last for decades, even longer, you know? And do you do you remember whenever they had um, that woman that was posing like like taking selfies and posing with people she was torturing? Oh, do you yeah. remember when that I happened? I remember that. Yeah. The army um, army soldier. Yeah. It so it was disgusting. Yeah. So I wonder, um, you know, how much of a psychological effect would it be having on someone for them to do something so horrible and cruel where they're taking fucking selfies with yeah. these people like it's not something you should hide or be ashamed of i mean it's crazy right yeah i mean it it, it normalizes it it normalizes the mistreatment of other human beings and that it is does. that i think that is the long-lasting effect that we're that we're alluding to here how did you feel about um about the way he tried to torture him by showing him humanity and sharing parts of his life with him and then abruptly taking it away and torturing him. I mean, that's pretty much the MO, isn't it? Like you, you make them feel like you're, you're, they're your friends. I mean, this is what even, even, even police officers do when they're, you know, there's, I don't remember who it was. There's a, I think it was um, one of the serial killers, Carrie something, Carrie Staines. He's the one that was in um, California, the Yosemite guy. He, oh. yeah, he, when he was picked up, the FBI agent that, one of the FBI agents that he was with was kind to him. And, you know, the Carrie, the, the killer kind of opened up a little bit about like his brother having been abducted when he was younger and he started to cry a little. He might've tried, he might've been maybe trying to manipulate the, the FBI agent, but the FBI agent was manipulating him as well, trying to kind of guide him to a confession. You know, he bought pizza with them for crying out loud, you know, like the FBI. Agent. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, they had a guy in Charleston, South Carolina. I, I mean, this was before Chris and I were dating. So it was before I ever sort of traveling to Charleston. But it was all over the news nationally. He went into a church. It, it was a younger 
um, white person. Oh, yeah. um, I think he was in his early 20s, late teens, maybe. Yep. Um, he was from Columbia, so he wasn't even from here. Mm -hmm. But he went into a, a black Baptist church where they were doing a prayer group. Yeah. They invited him to come in and sit down with them, and he did, and then he killed them. Yikes. The cops, when they got him, took him to Burger King. Wow. To try oh. and to try and After, get him to trust them, right? I, it doesn't matter. Everybody was up in arms over this right. because if he would have been black, they would have killed him. Oh, of course they would have. Yeah, of course, but I mean, right. but the the police officers they bought this guy Burger King, and maybe it was because they were trying to manipulate him. I don't know, but I did not have a good reaction when I heard yeah. that they'd done that at all. Right, no doubt. Oh my god. Yeah, well, that kid needs to be thrown in jail. Absolutely. Without a Burger King sandwich, I don't even know what they have there. <laughs> A burger, the the Burger King. It's Actually, it's mostly like fried chicken it. and stuff at Burger King. Oh, the Whopper. That's <laughs> the what Whopper. The, yes, that's what I it's was, called. I was I was holding out until you um and because I knew it would come to you. So heady subject, you guys. But um, you know that was that was obviously what encompassed most of part two of this episode. What did you guys think of? And this is kind of interesting. If if I can change gears to still talk about this, um, away from the torture aspect of it. What did everybody think? And again, all three of us come from varying degrees of, of a background of family in the military. Rich, you were raised in a military family. Your was it your mom, mom, and or your dad who was active duty? Was uh, my father. Force? My father was your Air Force uh, until yeah. about eighty nine, ninety. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And what what did he do? Uh, he was at, he was a master sergeant. He was a uh, load master on C five aircraft. Okay, gotcha. You know, my brother, uh, 25 years in the Air Force, he was an avionics tech uh, on, on the F-16 for the first part of that. And then in, as an NCO, he was, you know, a supervisor, worked on the Osprey aircraft, which is what he does now for Boeing. And then, Aaron, you have some background, I believe, going back to World War II or maybe even more recent. I mean, my all the men on my dad's side of the family have been, including my dad have been in the military, um, namely the Navy. That's okay. their thing. Um, my dad was on two different Naval vessels. Um, one's called the USS Dahlgren and the other one was called the USS Mullenix. Um, he worked in engineering in the boiler room. Um, oh, and then, gotcha. okay. and then he went to college and became an actual engineer. So awesome. Um, my dad's not a typical military stereotype though at all. He's right. like a very eccentric, liberal minded. Um, he, he's not in love with the military. Um, he thinks Vietnam, even though he was in it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the, background i came from but you know my grandfather was in world war ii and he was very proud of it um right yeah and it was it was case with both of my grandfathers on my mother's side uh my grandfather haran is marine because you're never not a marine even though he's fast away uh he was on seven uh seven different islands in the pacific uh including Palu, which was a hellacious seven month slog of bloody slaughter in in you know against the japanese uh my grandfather carden was a naval combat photographer uh which kind of set the path of of our family of being photographers and my dad was a naval reservist uh so i i've got a a lot of interest and respect in the military but the reason that i'm even bringing any of this up is that focusing on in particular the first episode in this and then and then obviously playing out in parts of the second episode that were not related to the torture aspect was like you said captain jelly roll uh who came in and again in star trek we're always used to one guy is the captain of the enterprise forever it's like it's a lifetime job so everybody loves captain picard they're super super you know jive with the way he does stuff and uh everybody everybody in starfleet is cool well then we get a guy who comes in and he says yeah i'm the new captain it's like you know he's your new stepdad uh so he's like we're not going to do it this way bedtime is going to be eight o'clock instead of ten o'clock uh no more mcdonald's on tuesdays pork chop night is out you know this guy just comes in and starts doing shit his way but but that's what but that's the military 
it's not just the military. That's any sort of management. Like when right. you step into True. a new role, that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I, right. I, I thought he was a dick, but I don't think that he did anything wrong, even though you still kind of hate him. You hate right, Jelly exactly. Roll in this episode. I especially liked him telling Deanna Troy that her outfit was inappropriate. Word. Exactly. And we were talking about this kind of our new, just uh, so listeners know, if you don't tune in, we do for the Grand Petoskey a weekly watch party, which is run by Rich. And it's often, it's often sometimes just the three of us. Sometimes uh, some other folks join in. But we were watching this episode and I was like, hold on, guys. This is one of the last episodes you get to see uh, Troy and her cosmic cheerleader bunny suit you know what i mean because after this he was like you know i need you to dress appropriately so wear a uniform and that's what she did for the rest of the series which i totally i'm totally down with i am against um you know people sexualizing women based on what they're wearing and i think that women should have the right to wear whatever makes them feel comfortable and i think people should be more relaxed about showing skin like the whole spaghetti strap thing in schools i think is ridiculous let girls wear whatever they want especially if you're gonna you know make masks not mandatory then i don't think that you know t-shirts should be mandatory let people be comfortable so that their bodies can breathe anyway with that said to your point too starfleet is at the end of the day a military organization Right, which is something that that gets really shied away from. And but I uniform think this it. is so that everyone's dressed uniformly. Correct. And, and appropriately, yes. Right. So I don't, I thought that that was a good move on his part. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was nice to not see her so sexualized by the show just for a minute, even though it was just supposed to make him look like a jerk and maybe <laughs> right. men disappointed they didn't get to see sexy Deanna. Right. But I I kind of liked that decision he made. I think I, I think don't, that the decision. Yeah, I was gonna say don't worry, don't worry, viewers. Wait a few years, Voyager will come on, and Seven of Nine will always wear a skimpy outfit. Yeah, but the yeah. just got just got to be patient. Well, or Kira. Right, skin tight outfits exactly. Mm-hmm. So even when they switch to DS Nine, and then later the uh, first contact. Uh, uniforms that come after that the ds9 uniforms which you saw throughout voyager they're black which means you know black is kind of formless in a lot of way you don't really like ooh, look at that rich has something to say i do i'm sorry rich please please yeah he even raised his hand good lad i, I apologize uh, what i was going to say about this jellico situation is that they they set it up so that you would hate him He's of not, course. He's not, yeah. a, he's not a dislikable character. Actually, he makes a lot of sense. And a lot of what he says and does actually makes a lot of sense militarily and as far as the structure of the story goes, everything. But he is so far removed from the way that Picard is and the characters all react to him in that Agreed. way. Agreed. You as an audience member are like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. This is not our enterprise anymore. And this is not cool right. to me. So right, exactly. I think that I think that that... I think that saying that you hate Admiral Jellico is is kind of foisted on you by the writers and by the design of the episode. So right, it was it was a it bent is. to kind of really make you feel that way. Mm-hmm. And and if you really look from start to finish, um, Admiral Nechaev, who is a very unlikable female admiral who comes in at the beginning of the episode, says that you know what this Jellico dude has the experience with the Cardassians. This mission is about the Cardassians. I He's going to be captain of the ship because I need him to accomplish this mission. And he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, they pull in again. Starfleet says, you know what? Picard's got the experience with this uh, Theta band, Theta band, as they say. Everybody has British accent. Both, I noticed that too when I was watching, both the Cardassian uh, enemy, you know, basically antagonist in this, the, the exceptional David Warner, has a British accent. And so does Picard. Neither one of them are British. It's fascinating. Um, but, um, at the end of the day, Jellico really does know what he's doing. He really does know how to deal with the Cardassians in the end. His mission is a success and then he leaves. The guy, the guy did what he was supposed to do. You're right. Maybe he, he didn't make any friends along the way, but as you, as we all know, that's not a requirement sometimes of doing your job, especially if you're the boss. The one thing though I do have a criticism, which is he didn't exactly inspire the people working under him to do their best because of his attitude. Get it done. Yeah, right, Um, right. So that's where I think he really failed at his job, because Mm -hmm. that's part of your job, especially if you're a military commander. You need to keep your people safe 
and you need to inspire them to do their best. And he right. failed in that regard. Exactly correct. So yeah, that is, and that's something. That's something when he and Riker have the showdown. That's one of my favorite, uh, you know, ship-based scenes in this episode when uh, Jellico has to go to Riker because it's been pointed out by Jordy that oh, Riker's the guy that you want to fly this mission because he's, you know, he's the guy. Um, and he says, you know, let's drop the ranks for a minute. Jellico says to Riker, "I don't like you. I think you're insubordinate, willful, and I don't think you're a very good first officer." And blah blah blah. I still want you to do this mission. And Riker says, "Well, since the ranks are dropped, Captain, I don't like you either." I'm trying to remember the line. He says, uh, "You are arrogant and closed-minded." He says, "You need to control everything and everyone. You don't create an air of trust, and you don't inspire these people to go out of their way for you. You've got everyone wound up so tight. There's no joy in any of it. I don't think you're a particularly good captain." Oh, I remember seeing this episode when I was 16, almost 16, maybe 17 when it was on the first time. And I was like, oh, sticking it to the man. Eh, 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 eh. Of course, I love Riker, too. So that helped as well. Yeah, I was going to say you fanboy about Riker all the time. I did. So I was like, <laughs> like, but, but Riker guy. is the voice of the audience in that particular spot, too. He's the, absolutely he's correct. Him, he's telling him exactly what the rest of us are thinking. So, right. Exactly. Correct. So can I yeah, can, so can I bring this please. back around to the please torture please aspect do. that Aaron was talking please about? Do. We, yes. you know, we're talking about Starfleet as a military organization, and this is probably going to get me a lot of a lot of hate. But that's some of the some of the tactics that they talk about are kind of the similar tactics that they use in basic training, right? Psychological break someone you know, down, make them make them, them compliant, again. make them you know mm-hmm. follow into a specific line. And I'm not going to go so far as to say that the U.S. military employs you know torture tactics on our soldiers, but I mean, that's another way that you could look at this. The Cardassians, they're a military organization. That's what they do. That's why they're so fearful, right? Do you think whenever the government is torturing people, they kind of do what he did and play people that they're with against them? Like, uh, oh, I'll just go get what I want out of the female you were with. Right. I'm sure they do. Do Right. Yeah. That's what police officers do. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, right. absolutely, yeah. I think that when they're torturing people, they do that. I don't have any evidence a, it, to back that up. That's just a gut instinct based on everything else point, that right. I, yeah, based on everything else that I've seen from other people in authoritarian power like that. That's right. really, that's really, really disturbing and horrible. Mm-hmm. It's horrible, but obviously because it works, that's why people who have no morals or scruples employ that. It doesn't that. necessarily work because, you know, sometimes you get so beat down by something that you just want it to stop that you'll tell them what you think that they want to hear that's why people get wrongfully convicted all Mm -hmm. the time so i don't think it works i think it gets you answers they might not be true it gets you what you want to hear and charlie you know i would say that it's not the people that are employing the tactics that have no morals or scruples i would say it's the people that are telling those people what to do because in the military they say you do you don't have a you don't have a choice you right, do it's it. handed, well, handed down, handed down. You I have your to, I, in the brig, you know? I have to, I have to disagree with you. And I only say that because uh, people who worked at concentration camps that beat Jews and killed them said that they were just following orders at the Nuremberg trials, I which suppose, they yeah. lost because they're yeah. not. So you are accountable for your actions. That's, that's right. true. Okay. That's a really yes. good accountable. point. That's a, that's Accountability. A really, agree. That's a really, really good point, Aaron. You know, I, I think, yeah, I stand corrected. That's that's a really good point because you have to have something that would allow you to do that. Right? You have to be held responsible. You yeah. have to. There's something right. inside so, you that lets that 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 uh, that is okay with what you're doing. I'm saying the the person that's telling you to do it should probably be punished worse. Yeah, but well, you much, still m- be, yeah, m- if right, you're com- so. if if you're complicit in that, yeah, you need to be punished. That's wrong. That's, I mean, that is, uh, you know, one of those like, no, I refuse to comply. And they point a gun to your head and said, no, carry out my orders. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the stuff that lore of, of, of what movies are made exactly. But yeah, there's, there's no doubt that there can be, you know, accountability required for all of these kinds of things. So you guys, we could talk about this for hours and days, but this is, I would love it if we did that. Yeah. I, well, I'm sure you would. I don't, I don't know that anybody would stay tuned in, but regardless, (laughs) Aaron, this was a great grab. Uh, you yeah. really, you really did a good job with this one, um, and so I'm impressed, you guys. The the power of uh, 
the power of the three of us, I would say the two of you, because you, you, you guys are a little bit more insightful than me. I'm all Star Trek, blah, blah, blah. You guys are a little bit more thoughtful. So that's why I think we make a good team. I, um, I, think, I think that what we're doing here is great and it's very mm-hmm. important. So um, absolutely. God, something, yes. something that I'm going to do um, whenever we do this segment is like I did last time, I'm going to send some links just that's food for thought that you can read in your free time before we do it. Um, and it, and it might inspire you a little bit, Charlie, because, okay. you know, obviously Rich and I are all gung ho about this <laughs> and Star Trek, but. Gung ho. Like, like, I, like, 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 like the military. I think you're a very smart, liberal minded person. And I think you, you have a lot thank to you. contribute. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So um, final thoughts before we move on to the news and then we move on down the road. I'm, I'm good. I think. As far as final thoughts for me, I don't have anything else oh, to say. Oh, I have Sorry. one more. Yeah. <laughs> There's always something. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, but we have to circle kind of back to the beginning um, because I'm wondering how you guys feel about them sending three officers. Now, Picard was the expert, but Beverly really isn't, and Worf really isn't, sending the three of them to something that they even say they don't think they'll ever return from. Our chances of success are very low, mm-hmm. is what they said. How do you feel about them sacrificing three kind of like senior members of the flagship to do that? That does seem rather dubious. <laughs> um, and again, you're right, they could have simply found but it's like, who would they send? I don't know. Some sort of muscle. I, that's well, not well, Worf well, on well, the that, flagship. A couple red shirts. I mean, and, Worf, Worf, yeah, Worf is the muscle. And um, but another you, doctor that's also not on the flagship. I was going to say, you know, it's entirely possible that you say, oh, I'm the best person for the job. It could it simply mean that, you know what, we needed to get this done immediately. The Enterprise happened to be within, you know, half a sector of where they needed to go as and it was always. like we had to do this as always okay it's just, yeah but it's they just had like... time for jelly roll to get there because he's a cardassian expert so i'm not buying they were the and, closest. and they well, had time they to had do time. a change of command ceremony too yeah, they had time yeah, you're right. to make all these arrangements yeah. so i'm not buying that i just think it's i think it's kind of like poor writing and i, I there's nothing i can liken it to right it's uh it's pretty consistent um Convenient t- TV writing convenience. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think that's it's what you would expect times, from a TV though. show. It's yeah. it's a sign yeah. of the times. I mean, we're talking about '90s serialized television. That's that's yeah, okay. what you do. But right, exactly. But, Very but good. To your point, to, to to speak about that specific scene or that specific you know sequence of scenes, the bits with Picard and Crusher and Worf in those black uniforms made me think of the Big Lebowski. We talked about that. I, <laughs> I was expecting those I, uniforms. Oh, no. I wanted I wanted like Picard to be running after somebody with gigantic scissors, you know. With, oh cut my god. Off Lebowski, you know, like And but, like I said the the thing that me, that cracked me out is how Bev's weave was teased out the front. You know? <laughs> I I, I, I kind of I kind of like that. I know because she had that tight hood on. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of really dug on those outfits. I thought yeah. that they were really cool. Were and crazy. you don't end up seeing the the closest analogy is there is, and you see it a little earlier in TNG. But it, no, you actually see it in this season when Beverly has to remember the episode where Beverly has to operate on Worf because his spine was crushed and she's going to replace it. They wear those red. Uh, smocks, but they have like these weird, like David Cronenberg looking headdress things. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that that to me was the closest analogy. Um, is that yeah, the weird surgical like that's how they cover the hair up as they give them. It's like this. I won't say it's like this ge- geometric shape. I, I'm, I'm not finding the right expression for it, but you know what I'm talking about. So it kind of looks like a Pope hat. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was it by Pope Beverly De- Crusher the Third? There's your title. De- Dennis Leary talking about uh, my, my my Catholic religion, my former Catholic religion, as it were, saying, you know, I can't put faith in a religion that gives you power based on the size of your hat. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Ooh, that one fell flat. You didn't tell Pope, it very well. The Pope must have a huge, you know, Jesus must have a big sombrero. So anyway. That was, that was, like, the, that was like Michael Scott trying to do the Chris Rock thing, dude. Come on. In fairness, right. you were t- but, you were talking about a comedian that I don't particularly think is very funny. I, <laughs> he's never made me laugh, so your wow. delivery of his joke was probably got a better reaction than when he did it. Hot, I he got stole a, most of his material from Bill Hicks. Ooh. 
I, got, oh, hot, late hot, hicks, takes. As I recall. Hot, take. hot takes. Oh, my gosh. OK, well, we could just riff about Dennis Leary and uh, and her hatred of uh, and Aaron's dislike of him uh, for the long ways. But let's get into the news. We do have three all stories these, this week. And they're all really good stories, guys. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's move things around. And the third story will be the first story. And Aaron's going to talk about it. Oh, Hold first on. I, ah, I got you. You did. Story. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. So Star Trek Prodigy adds sci-fi veterans Jimmy Simpson and John Noble to the cast. Um, we just added this right before um, right before we started airing this. And uh, uh, Rich and I had the same reaction, yes. which was John Noble. No offense, Jimmy Simpson. Right. I'm sure you're a nice guy, but right. we don't care as much. <laughs> Um, John Noble and Jimmy Simpson are on this. Um, of course, you know, John Noble, he was on, he was in Lord of the Rings. He was in that show Fringe. Yep. Um, right. He was, he was a disposable villain in 24. I know Rich will appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. John, I mean, John Noble's middle name is Freaking, lot. you know. Is John Freaking Noble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he did a lot of stuff. Um, I, I feel bad. I don't really know anything about this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that the uh, that uh, John Noble's character is going to be oh is going to be called Dreadnought, like from GI Joe. That's and awesome. And he's credited with doing ten episodes, so I think he's in the whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah, assuming that this will be a ten episode deal, and I'm telling you, I feel like we're just—I feel like we're going to finally get a drop. You like Lower Decks is coming on, or uh, excuse me, Prodigy is coming on next month, and we're going to find out about that. He, on John, Star Trek John Noble was in a show, a movie that I—not show, a movie that I just watched actually yesterday. It's called The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. I do not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. not recommend that movie. It is uh, we, absolutely we have, horrid. But did was, it was, give was, you diarrhea? It almost oh. did. It almost did. Uh, but I, I was on just, my phone a lot, so. Let's pivot away from the diarrhea conversation, but we watched that one too. That's the latest one, right, Rich? Didn't that just come out recently? I, yeah, I think so. My Abs- wife loves it w- them, so I always, I always make sure. She and now it. we know why Rich's camera's actually off. It's because he watched that movie. I had diarrhea. Oh my god! I had, I had diarrhea out of my nose. That's what it is. And you're and you're sitting on the toilet. I am. I'm on the um, toilet right now. We we watch all of those too, and I believe that one was. Um, was wasn't that a Warner Brothers? So it was on HBO. Yeah, I a- absolutely did not pay attention during any of it. It was so it was so disengaging. Well, how say. about for another hot take? They're all kind of garbage movies. Plus, they're based on a couple of hoaxes. Like they're based on a couple right. of frauds. Those two people are frauds. Oh my the Warner- gosh. Okay, never mind. Let's get back to Star Trek. <laughs> okay, that, that's, that sounds good to me. So um, so anyway, any other thoughts about these two coming out? I- I think this- just want Definitely to say things up. Jimmy Simpson was on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yes. Westworld um, because I don't want to leave him out. I feel terrible now that I was just like, eh, whoever. Who does and it he's say who played in, in It's Always Sunny? He was one of the, one of the, the, the oh. it was two, two brothers and a sister yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Always Sunny. The and McCoyles, it was the sister. The she had the, she okay. had, yeah, she had the unibrow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was always licking her lips in a super creepy way. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was that one. So yeah, well, cool. Yeah, I'm fired up about this. And like I said, if I was uh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would say that there's a good chance we will um, know more about when this is coming out on uh, on Star Trek Day and okay. our extensive special episode. Maybe we will do a special episode, guys. What do you think? Do you want to record a special episode like on Star Trek Day? And like crank it out same day. Well, why don't we do it? Why don't we do it like after Star Trek Day so we can see all the panels yeah, and everything? That makes more sense. Okay, okay. So just a regular episode then. We'll, no, we'll no, figure no. it out. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. I we'll think figure we do it a, out. I think we do a dedicated special episode to Star Trek Day, and then we can okay. do our regular thing later or another. I day. will. I will modify the schedule. Okay, so uh, moving on to a story that uh, – can't you guys help me make a bigger deal of this? Nope. It's something that, that is just driving me nuts. Nope. Uh, three of the Star Trek series are leaving Netflix in September, uh, signaling what I think is to be the most flippin' obvious – franchise consolidation wait 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 we do have a lot of canadian listeners and we did talk about this so we we did but let me hold we we did find a workaround for you guys so it wasn't that flippin obvious like charlie said he takes that back but he Ah. does have he does have a workaround for you that he's going to give you now i was so glad that i actually got a chance to speak and that you didn't take all my words away um (laughs) More to the point, yes, yes, you're right. It is very critical that there's a workaround for this. But my overall point was the thing that I'm seeing on social media is that this is somehow not, somehow surprising. Oh, okay. 
Paramount Plus has been around since now since 2017. Okay, they came out when Star Trek uh, Discovery dropped at the end of that year, and I believe it. And I'm not certain, but I believe their service at that time had the also had the bulk of the rest of the Star Trek shows. Uh, in time, they became the exclusive home of Star Trek: The Animated Series, aka Rich and I don't give a shit the animated series. Um, And yeah, it was, it was to me, it seemed fairly predestined that, and again, looking at the way things are in the United States with Paramount plus that eventually everything would find an exclusive home at Paramount plus because it's their streaming service. They own the series, the old content, the new content. So to go out there and see people who are like, Oh, this is going to destroy Netflix because you know, this is horrible. What am I going to do now? I'm never going to see Star Trek ever again. And that's when I segue it back to Rich, and he likes to talk about physical media. So, Rich, what's what's the straight deal on streaming media and, and actually owning it? Okay, so when you when you buy something on a digital platform, you don't actually own it. You own it as long as that digital platform is still around. They will take that right away from you. And, and sometimes even in a situation when a studio might say, you know what, we're not going to let this be on streaming anymore. For example, I think the deer hunter was available and then it wasn't. Oh, and so, and so, I mean, for people that may or may not care about that movie, I of course do, but the, the example is I had it and then it was gone. Right. And I owned it. I quote unquote owned it. You don't own it. When I own something, I'm not going to show you because I'm not on camera, but I, when I own something, when I have physical, my physical copies of the star Trek movies or the star Trek series, Yes. I have them. Nobody's coming to take those away. And they right. will never take them away from you. But I think more to the point of this this topic, Charlie, I haven't seen anybody complaining about this. I, You know what? And, and maybe it's just the post that I've seen. It, it doesn't mean that they're not out there. And it doesn't mean that you won't turn on Facebook after we start talking. And then all of a sudden you'll see one. Yeah. You probably are you just, guys, you, are just you guys, seen me bitching about it. Are you guys familiar with the website Bandcamp? But there's a website uh, called Bandcamp? I yeah. am because it's, uh, they have, um, it gets mentioned on the Weekly Planet, which is a podcast I love. So, Rich, you would actually be interested in this. It's a way for basically artists to sell their own music. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so that they don't, so a lot of them are doing this more and more. A lot of them are doing um, like releases that are only on Bandcamp, which is kind of cool. So if there's any like particular bands that you like, go to Bandcamp and look them up. They may have stuff that you have access to there that you don't have anywhere else. Oh, anyway. I'm going to. That is exciting. I'm a big music junkie. There's too, a I've band never, never dug around. called um, The Severed Heads that I like. Um, but they're Love they're all, they're Australian. They did a lot of stuff in the 80s, but they had this experimental country western album that's not really country western that I used to own on vinyl that I really liked so I couldn't find it anywhere on iTunes so I found it on their band camp and they sent me this really really nice email that basically said to make space we're going to remove some of our less popular albums that really nobody's downloading oh, so if okay. if you have purchased this you're going to lose it so you need to download it and then you can keep it forever because you downloaded oh, okay. it. Okay. Okay. And I appreciated that so much. And I wish that these other companies would do the same thing. Right. Because you purchased it. So because well, I purchased know. it. So they're like, you now have the opportunity to download it so it can be yours. Thank you. Um, but it won't be hosted here anymore. Right. So more to the point, to, to just try try to put a bow on this. Yes, there obviously not everything is Paramount Plus. There are other services. I know that Discovery and Picard are available internationally on Netflix or available internationally on Amazon Prime. It's always going to vary. But more to the point, if you stream it or you think you're always going to find it on a streamer, you're incorrect. So to think that this is the end of the world or this is so unfair, this is just, as Rich mentioned in our last episode, this is simply the corporate overlords doing what they do. This (laughs) is a business... This can is a business you, uh, thing. It was a license. It expired, and now it's going somewhere else. Can you let our Canadian friends know what the workaround is for them? Yeah, please do. Uh, I, I did not actually look into that. Aaron, did you? I thought we were kind of. Oh no! I, I no, I thought you said it was a done deal. You checked, and they could do it through their Prime membership. Yeah, it's through Prime. I was. I would, yeah. I, well, I was at the very least. I was speaking to a Canadian friend a little bit earlier today who said that he was watching Lower Decks on a Canadian service called Crave, which I've heard of before. Yeah, um, that's how some people watch it. Other people watch it on Netflix, so they may right. have to just get Crave. Maybe Crave will have all of them. 
it's entirely possible, but I think to Rich's point, if you are really up in arms about this, my fondest recommendation, go to Amazon, bite the bullet, and buy the seasons. Complete seasons are available for a lot less money than you would think. Guys, you can find That's... them at half price books for $10 a pop, too. Yeah. Right. You will it, never it, have buying, to worry about this being a case again. Buying the lo-fi. But otherwise, you know what? Save your money. Ask for it for your birthday. Get it for Christmas. Do something. But yeah, if you really want to never be in fear of like, I, I wanted to watch this one episode and you know I can't find it. It may not be available at the touch of a button. You may have to go and pull a disc out and put it in and that, this and that. But it, but it is yours. That's another thing there is that sometimes they will remove episodes that may have um, right, objectionable content, like in, right, in, exactly. in, it's always funny in Philadelphia or South Park or something like that on streaming. They, they did, will take those they, episodes off. Yeah, they did that with some episodes of The Office. I remember mm-hmm. they're with, only with, interested with in protecting their brand, guys. Their corporate exactly. brand. If you buy the stuff and you store it on your own house, they're not coming to get it. Yeah, and wasn't, ma- wasn't and, there and, that one episode of The X Files that they won't show? The one with like the the messed up family. Yeah. So you Yo, can only... the, yeah, the incest one. Yeah, I know. The yeah, so you about. can only watch that if you have it on DVD exactly. or whatever. The Simpsons so, yeah, episode so... with Michael Jackson you can't find anywhere either. Oh, you have good got point. to buy the Simpsons season with that episode on it to be able to which watch is, it. Which, which is, you know, so more to the point, I would love it if Amazon would swoop in and give us a couple of bucks as we're plugging the shit out of them. <laughs> um, go, go buy the discs, and even if you never watch them, you, you, they, are, they are your backup plan. Um, so yeah. So anyway, okay, let's move on. Final story. Uh, Rich, you haven't gotten a chance to take on a story. You want this one? Which one's the final story? The, uh, all about Star Trek day. Oh, the Star Trek day. Yeah. The Star Trek day thing is fantastic. There are going to be tons of panels on Star Trek day 2021 live. It's going to be hosted by Will Wheaton and Mika Burton. Um, it's going to be conversations and panels with cast members, creatives, um, from everywhere, from all over, including the new stuff from Paramount Plus, and it, so it's it's going to be great. And like you know, like Charlie said, we're going to we're going to break it all down for you in a special episode. Um, I cannot wait for this panel on Strange New Worlds. It looks awesome. Did I you know. see who's on it, Charlie? I will do that right now. Who's on it? Just tell me. I'm sorry. Um, I have scrolled about him. Ethan Peck, Rebecca Romaine, and my baby daddy. <laughs> I have been, um, from a cosplay standpoint, I do Captain Pike. I love that character. My best friend Miranda does number one. She's got the look. We don't have a Spock. We need a Spock. If you are listening to m- the sound of my voice and you're a cosplayer, let's say you live in Michigan and you want to you hook up with me and my friend and, and have the, the new holy trilogy of cosplay, we, we, we will interview Spocks. So feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media or through the Grand Petoskey because we need a Spock. Um, I have a question about the legacy portion of the panels. Um, yes. Did you see who the legacy person is from Deep Space Nine? Yes, Sirach Lofton. Yeah. Uh, Jake. Jake, yeah. Jake Sisko. That just kind of threw me because he's kind of, he's like a very minor main character. He's a, he's a non-entity as far as fandom goes. He's just not. And I again, feel he was, bad. I'm he not was trying a, to insult yeah. him. But well, I know that, what you mean. But I've looked at it and I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> well, if you look at it's funny. The first two. Uh, you have Sirach Lofton yeah. from DS9 and Anthony Montgomery from Star Trek Enterprise. And again, uh, Rich, I know that you've not seen much of Enterprise at all. Just but the first season. He was, he was the helmsman and he was literally – he was. L- and then again, the third character is Garrett Wong from Voyager, who is Ensign Kim, who we enjoyed. But uh, Anthony Montgomery didn't do jack shit on that show, <laughs> on Enterprise. He really, I, I'm, I'm, and again, I, and I apologize for insulting him. Not his fault at all. No, but, but was, those last three, I would be like, you know what? They are a legacy of that series. Yeah, right. But, yeah, exactly. The other ones, I'm like, maybe they couldn't get anybody. I mean, I know that. Um, a uh, Nana visitor, or is her name Nana? Nana. Nana is how I usually hear. Her. That's how I hear her name pronounced. But yeah, I get. Okay, it. but but she does stuff all the time. Was she not available or not interested? Because she, because Could she's be. always she's always doing stuff. I, I'm just kind of shocked, I guess. Yeah, I mean her, or you know, you, you see um, Michael Dorn. Farrell, Michael Dorn would have been a good take. You see Terry Farrell more back in the spotlight with Star Trek things. She's now married to Adam Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy's son. Um, um, so what, a, what I, about um, our boy JG? 
Oh. Uh, or uh, obviously Esri Dax, who also J- uh, uh, yeah, uh, Nicole DeBoer. JG JG Hertzler would be great. Yeah, so you're right. I I do. I think their legacy. Mo- you're right. That was an obvious like. This is who we got. Um, but you know they were like, uh, and this is a variation on Meatloaf. Uh, three out of five ain't bad. Somebody give me a verse. Nope, not no. doing it. We don't. We don't do Meatloaf. I, I was do... I was wailing to that song when I was driving home on Friday night. That came I, I was do just, know oh, a guy. I know a guy who looks like Meatloaf that we call Mike Loaf. <laughs> Because his name's Mike, that's but that's, that's all I, I think, got. I think the episode just got a name. Mike Loaf. <laughs> Three out of five or Mike Loaf. Three out of five ain't bad by Mike Loaf. There you go. Name I, of the episode. Oh, I, my God. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? Uh, my father was always fond of saying in reference to golf, always end on a good one. That was a good one. So let us br- let's bring the show. Uh, we can't. A- we can't, Charlie. Why because not? you because you have to go down to the bottom of the Star Trek Day article. There's oh, swa- oh. there's there's a piece of swag for you. Yeah, there's swag, uh, and oh, there's a discount well. on said swag. Yeah, discounted swag. Charlie, you're but all about would, swag and discounts, dude. But, Come on. But why would I want to mention that? How does this profit me? I don't know. I may actually have to buy the shirt though. Yeah, you're I right. I know. <laughs> the, it it does say on September 8th, fans can use the code Star Trek Day twenty two zero for a twenty percent discount at the shop. Of which you can get what looks like a crew neck sweatshirt. Now, you know, with fall coming, perfection. I like You're it. You're going to wear it as a Christmas sweater. Uh-huh. I know it. Oh, I should wear oh, it. Oh, my God. You know what? If if T Public, our swag vendor, did uh, did sweaters like that, I'd be totally down. You're going to should... put like little Christmas lights on it and oh, you're gonna yeah. wear it to holiday parties. We should, I, we should do an ugly it. holiday uh, sweatshirt or, t- or uh, sweater, uh, ugly holiday sweater episode. I actually have a Star Trek ugly Christmas sweater that I wear. Oh, my God. Well, and I'll do you one better. Uh, I will challenge you, Aaron, to help uh, Rich and I find ugly Star Trek sweaters so that we can wear on a December episode of this very program. We can all be wearing them. Let's do it. Well, mine just has Picard and it says, make it snow. Oh, God. Oh, Oh, that that is that. It that sounds is ugly. ugly. It sounds ugly. I'm, I'm in. You're right. It's the, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with that, <laughs> Rich, Rich, why don't you go ahead and take us out of here? All right. For more information about Starfleet International, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and the USS Nomad on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And with that, I'm going to tell uh, you, as always, friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Kapla. And there are four lights. There are five lights. Four. Five. Four. Five. Code 47 is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for our great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the podcast platform of your choice. If you would like to be part of the conversation visit our new Discord server, or join us on Facebook, or follow us at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends on YouTube, and don't forget to visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.